The Parsha starts off with Vayechi Yaakov Beretz Mitzrayim Shvayas Rishona. Yaakov lives in Mitzrayim for 17 years. The Pasa goes on to describe how Yaakov lives in total 147 years. And the question is asked, why does the Torah need to specify the amount of years that Yaakov was living in Mitzrayim, since it's coming directly in continuation to the previous Parsha, where it says already that Yaakov says that he lived for 130 years until the time he came to Mitzrayim. This Pasuk tells us that Yaakov lived in total 147 years. So we understand that in Mitzrayim, Yaakov is for 17 years. Why does the Torah need to specifically mention the fact that he was 17 years in Mitzrayim? On the other hand, if the Torah for some reason does want to specifically mention these years that he was in Mitzrayim, but since it's coming again in continuation to what we established already, the Yaakov lived 130 years till he came to Mitzrayim, so then seemingly it's unnecessary to say the total amount of years, because it's self-evident that 130 plus the 17 is 147 years. So Mepharshim answered that the reason why the Torah specifically mentions the years that Yaakov is living in Mitzrayim, and refers to them in fact as Vayechi, is because the 130 years that Yaakov had before the time that he was in Mitzrayim cannot really be considered as proper life. The reason is, as Yaakov himself describes those years, that they were royim hoyu they were difficult years, they were harsh years and so on, filled with troubles. Originally, initially he has to run away from Esav. Then he has to be by Lavan, where he's suffering the heat during the day and the cold during the night and not sleeping and so on all the way following that with the selling of Yosef. Once he comes to Mitzrayim, he no longer has any troubles, just the opposite, he's living over there, a life that's filled with peace and tranquility in the best of the land, seeing all of his children are complete, and Yosef being the second to the king. So now we can say about Yaakov, that Vayechi Yaakov, now he's truly living. The Torah doesn't only say 17 years, but rather includes it, together with all the other years as well, and tells us about 147 years altogether, in order to indicate that these last 17 years, these years that we call Vayechi, that he truly lived, made him forget the suffering, the pain of all the previous years, so that now we could say it's as if all of his years were good years, as the expression used in other places, Kulan, Shavin, Latoiva, they are all equal in their goodness. However, the Rebbe says it's not completely glottic, it's not completely smooth. Although it might be true that because of Yaakov's later years are all good years, and therefore it could be so good for Yaakov that it could even make him forget about the suffering of the previous years, but how can we come along to now give the sum total of all of the years, which we know again is to emphasize this idea how all of the years are exactly equal, and furthermore, Kulan Shavin Latoiva, when in fact, 130 of those years, whereas Yaakov describes them, ma'at veroim, few and bad, exactly the opposite of good. And then here you have, together with that, you're trying to put it together with the 17 years that were avayichi, the ultimate of life and good and so on. How can we really put them together? To understand this, says the Rebbe, we're first going to explain what it says in the Medrash. And Rashi also brings some of this in the beginning of our Sedra. And what it says is, the Medrash tells us, why is it that out of all of the Parshish and the Torah and all the Sedras of the Torah, 
This parsha Vayechi is stumois closed, which means there's no space in the Torah between the end of Vayigash and the beginning of Vayechi. It follows on without any extra space. The Medrash gives three explanations. Number one, when Yaakov passed away, the enslavement started for the Jewish people. Number two, that the reason why it's closed off is because Yaakov Avinu wanted to reveal the Kate, the end of Golos to his children, and it was closed off from him. It became concealed from him. And number three, why is it closed? Because at this point, all of the sorrows for Yaakov had stopped, had been closed off. Finally, Yaakov is not suffering anymore. As we said before, now he has his 17 best years. The Rebbe says, this question, simply, why is this parsha closed off? In Pshutei Shomikra, what's the question? In other words, I said before that there's no space between the words Vayechi Yaakov, as is usually the case when a new sedra st- starts. And here we're saying that the reason why it's closed off different to all the sedras of the Torah is because usually there should have been this interruption before the parsha, and now there isn't, so we're explaining this. But the question then is, this stima, the fact that it's closed, that there's no space before Vayechi Yaakov, if we want to give explanations for it, seemingly we should have first said an explanation that brings out a positive idea, a good thing. In other words, what did Vayechi Yaakov cause? Where the closing is right over here by Vayechi Yaakov. So Vayechi Yaakov, the first thing that happens is something positive, that all of the troubles that Yaakov had until now, all of that stopped now. Furthermore, even before this blockage of this, these psukim that are coming close together without an interruption, what's the end of Parshas Vayigash about? It's all speaking about the good life that Yidin are having in the land of Goshen. It was in a way, as the Torah describes it, Vayifru, Vayirbu, Mo'id, they're multiplying, they're increasing. If immediately, without any interruption, the first thing the Pasuk says is Vayichi Yaakov Beretz Mitzrayim, so logically it makes sense that what's the Torah coming to emphasize, number one, by saying Vayechi Yaakov coming immediately without any interruption from the good and the end of Parshas Vayigash, it's obviously coming to say that he has no more any trouble in the world. And yet this Pirush is coming in the Medrash rather than the first of all the Pirushim, it's coming in the, as the last of all the Pirushim. And the first Pirushim, in other words, what seem to be the main Pirushim, are things that are more associated with the opposite of the good that Yaakov was having, the good that was happening to B'nai Yisrael, there are two negative things seemingly. The question is even stronger when we look at Rashi al Rashi explains Pshut Shomikra, so seemingly he should have brought the number one reason and the most important reason for Vayechi Yaakov, again, to say something positive, to say something as far as what's good going for the Yidin, in connection to Vayifru, that they're multiplying, etc., and something in connection to the life of Yaakov, because that's where the Parsha is starting off now, with Vayechi Yaakov. Seemingly, it shouldn't be starting with the Inyanim that are the opposite of good, and things that are more associated with the opposite of Vayechi Yaakov, things associated with his passing. And yet, what do we see Rashi does? Number one, this reason, this third thing of the Medrash, about blocking out all the troubles from Yaakov, which seemingly is the closest to Pshut Mikra, Rashi doesn't bring that at all. That's question number one. And question number two, even the two other reasons that Rashi does bring from the Medrash, seemingly he should have brought them in the opposite order. That is, according to the second reason, the 
actual fact that the psukim are closed off is related to the time that Yaakov is still alive. That's to do with the fact that he's going to tell them the kates and he couldn't tell them the kates. In other words, even though, yes, the reason he wants to tell them the case is because it's getting close to the time he's passing away, but it's still happening during his lifetime. Whereas the other reason, which Rashi brings first, is what's going to happen after Yaakov passes away, that that's when the enslavement starts. And especially, again, if we want to speak about which thing is worse, which thing is more negative, and is seemingly, again, that one, that the Tsaris are starting, are much more negative. And yet Rashi starts with that pirush, which seemingly should have been the second pirush. Says the Rebbe, we're going to understand this by first looking at what the Mepharshim say in regards to why these two reasons that we just mentioned, based on the two reasons that Rashi does bring and that the Medrash brings first, again, first of all, because all the, the, because the Tsari started, or the reason because he wanted to reveal the Kates to his children, if though, based on those two reasons, where should have been this idea of psukim being closed off without an opening? Seemingly, there should have been more in the psukim, which are actually discussing the time where Yaakov Avinu would have wanted to reveal the cates, or the time of Yaakov's passing. Why is it being put all the way at the beginning of Pasha's Vayechi? So what the Mepharshim say is that if this closing of the psukim, without leaving no space, would have been somewhere further on in the middle of the sedra, it wouldn't be as noticeable. As opposed to when it's the beginning of the sedra, then it's very, very clear that something is going on. Because usually in the beginning of a sedra, where we're starting a new Indian, there would have been a bigger space than there is usually in other places. And when there's completely no space, it's completely sosom, it's completely blocked, and therefore... We have two separate sedras, and yet there's no, there's no interruption, there's no opening in the middle. It makes sense to say that there's, what's coming to be said over here is something very major, that something was closed off. And furthermore, that it's not only about a specific posseg that we're dealing with, but it's going to be dealing with something very major to do with this whole new sedra, with this whole new parsha. And that's why it's being hinted at the very, very beginning of the sedra, because it's going to be dealing with a major point of this sedra. And since the point of the Sedra Vayechi is primarily not so much to do with the life of Yaakov in Mitzrayim, that was more discussed in Pasha's Vayigash, that Yaakov and his children were sitting in the best of the land, and all the way to the end of the Pasha, as we said before, that Vayifru, Vayirbu, Mo'oy, they multiplied, and so on. But what's the main point of Pasha's Vayechi is more to do with the passing of Yaakov. First of all, in the beginning of the parsha, where Vayikrivu Yimei Yisroel Lamus, where it's getting close to the time that he's passing away. And then the continuation of where he gives the brachas to Yosef and his children, and then the bracha to the rest of the children. All things related close to the time of the passing. And especially the right in the beginning of the parsha, we have that posik, which is actually speaking about all the days of Yaakov. That was 147 years, as I said before. So therefore, since the parsha is generally speaking about the passing of Yaakov, so if we have a parsha stum, if we have these closed psukim, the no space between the psukim and the beginning of the parsha, clearly it's coming to deal with something very major of the parsha, which is the passing of Yaakov. And this is why these two pirushim specifically that the Medrash says first, which we said before, we can understand now why they are going to be more to do with this general idea of Ayichi, as we'll see in a moment. Says the Rebbe, now we can understand the two questions that we had on Rashi. 
Number one, why Rashi doesn't even mention the point that Yaakov had no trouble anymore. And also why he brought those two Pirushim in that particular order. That is, since this Parsha Stuma, the fact that these Pesukim are closed, are connected with the passing of Yaakov and with things that are related to his passing. So in Pshutei Shal Mikra, it actually wouldn't even make sense that this, that this stima, that this blockage of the Pesukim should be speaking about the fact that now, when Yaakov comes to Mitzrayim, he no longer has any Tzoros. Number one, as far as time is concerned, that wouldn't seem the right place to say that over here. Because the time when, when Yaakov is not having trouble anymore is in the beginning of the 17 years before his passing. But we just said that the stima, this blockage of the psukim, is coming to deal with the passing of Yaakov. And number two, in Teuchen, in content, the idea of Yaakov Avinu no longer having any tsaris, which means Yaakov Avinu is living fully and healthy and so on, is exactly the opposite of the passing of Yaakov. And therefore Rashi doesn't bring that reason at all. We could also now understand why it is that Rashi brings this particular order. He brings the, the idea of, first he brings the idea of the enslavement of the Eden that happens after the passing of Yaakov. And only then does he bring the fact that Yaakov Avinu wanted to reveal the Kates. Because again, this idea of the, of the Yidin, um, the enslavement of the Yidin that comes as a result of Yaakov's passing is most, much closer in Pshutei Shal Mikra related to the idea of Yaakov's passing, which is the main point of the Parsha. In other words, the passing itself is going to be the cause for the fact that they're now going to have Tzaras. As opposed to the idea that Yaakov Avinu wants to reveal the Kates before he passes away, that's not so much directly connected with the story of Yaakov's passing itself, and that's why that would come only as a second Pirush. However, the Rebbe says, it's still not understood, why would the Torah start with these words, Yaakov, if we just said that the whole Sedra is mainly about the passing of Yaakov, and the things associated with the passing of Yaakov. Yes, it's true that the whole total of the years of Yaakov is, is connected with his passing, and as said before, so, so the Rebbe says, this will only explain the second part of the Pasuk. When we want to speak about altogether Yaakov lives 147 years, so fine, we're speaking about the previous years and the last years and so on. But the first part of the Pasuk, the Yaakov lives in Mitzrayim 17 years, where we're discussing Yaakov's best years of Mitzrayim, how is that connected to the passing of Yaakov? Seemingly, the Sedris shouldn't be, should have been divided in a way where this Pasuk of Yaakov living the 17 best years of Mitzrayim should have been the end of Parshas Vayigash, which was discussing the Yidin living in Mitzrayim and multiplying there. And then the next Sedra could have started with Yaakov lives a total of 147 years and go on to discuss his passing. Another thing that Rebbe says we need to understand, we discussed a number of times already about the names of the Sedras, how they are connected with the content of the whole Sedra. So how can we understand that a Sedra being called Vayechi at the time when the whole point of the Sedra is more to do with Yaakov's passing, exactly the opposite of the idea of Vayechi. So the Rebbe explains, the true idea of Chaim, the true idea of life, is the kind of life that is forever alive. Something that lasts forever, eternal, without any changes. And that's why the true, real idea of life, of Chaim, is really only by Hashem Himself, the source of all life. And as the Pasuk says, Vashem Elikim Emes, Hu Elikim Chaim. In other words, because he's emes, what's emes? Emes is something that never stops. Emes is something that never changes. That's what something real means. 
That's why we call him Elikim Chaim, that he's the one that's truly alive. If something has an interruption, it is referred to as Kozov, which means false. We find in the Mishnah that rivers that dry up once in seven years are called Nahares Hamachazvin. They're false. They're not real. They're not reliable. And that's why you cannot use them for the water of the Paraduma, because the water of the Paraduma needs Mayim Chaim, living waters. Here we see this idea again that living is associating with Emes, something that's going to last. And this is also why Chazal tell us that Chaysom Moshala Kodesh Baruch Emes, the seal of Hashem is Emes. What's the idea of Emes? The same point. Emes, the idea, the letter is Emes. Aleph, Mem, Sof. Aleph is the first letter of the Aleph base. Mem is the middle letter of the Aleph base. Sof is the last letter of the Aleph base. What does that show? It shows on something that goes from beginning to the end without any changes. That's what Hashem is. Constant, consistent, without any changes. As the Pasuk says, Ani Rishon, Vani Achrein, I am first, I am last. Umi There's nothing besides for Hashem. And this is what the Pasuk means, Vashem Eloikim Emes. That because the essence of Hashem is Emes, and that's why there's never any change, there's never any interruption, Chaz V'Shalom, that's why, as the Pasuk goes on, Hu Eloikim Chaim, that's what we call Him, that's the true one that's alive forever and ever. As opposed to Nevroim, to creations, since they are never a real entity, an independent entity for themselves, and something real by themselves, they are created, and on their own, they disintegrate, they become less and less. And therefore, on their own, it's impossible for a nivra to have true, everlasting, real life. The only time when that's possible is when they're connected with Hashem. And that's why, in fact, Yidin are called Chaim. Why? Because they're connected to Hashem. The Post says, You are connected to Hashem. Ah, oh, because you're connected to Hashem. Chaim kol That's when you can truth. Have this sort of existence that's an absolute, true, everla- everlasting existence. However, in order for this chayim, for this life, this connection to Hashem of a yid, should be really noticeable, seen, visible in Olam Hazah, which generally Olam Hazah is a matter that conceals over Elikus. So where do you see the true life of a yid? It's specifically when he goes through different nisyoinos, challenges, things that disturb him, things that get in the way. And yet he remains connected to Hashem, strong, unchanged in all matters of Torah and mitzvahs. That's when it's revealed with absolute clarity. His true chayis, which is that he's connected to Hashem, and that could never and that it can never be changed. Says so the Rebbe. Now we can understand the connection of Ayechi Yaakov to the whole sedra, which we said before. The sedra speaking by Yaakov's passing, and also why we would call the sedra with the words Vayechi. During all the previous years, one could never absolutely be certain that the years are in truth the real type of Ayechi. The absolute, unchangeable life connected to Elikos. Especially the kind of Dveikos and Chayim in accordance to what the Avais are. Avais Heinein Hamarkova. Because this, we know there's a rule, the Mishnah says, Al-Tamin no one could believe in themselves, be sure of themselves until the day of their passing. And this is said even in regards to, in regards to Tzadikim. Especially Yaakov himself, we know, was worried. And he says, Shema Yigri Machet, maybe some sin, something that he had done, maybe caused something to go wrong. And therefore, all of the year, all of his connection to Hashem, through all of the years that he's in Eretz Yisroel, and all of the Tzorois that he had, and the Yisurim, the suffering that he had, is still not the absolute proof yet for the real, real Vayechi. 
Even the fact that he sees his children and his grandchildren, Sadiqim, is still not the absolute proof yet. Because at the end of the day, they were up until now in Eretz Yisrael. And you can't know what the situation would be when they, when they come down to a very coarse and lowly land. However, when Yaakov is coming now to the time very close to his passing, especially that in the meantime, he also came to Mitzrayim. And here, he was able to show that even while living in Ervasaritz, in this lowliest place on earth, he remains in the greatest Shlemus, in the fulfillment of Torah and Mitzvahs, all the way to the last moment of his life. Furthermore, over here he also has Mitosa Shlema. All of his children are complete in their righteousness. Even Yosef, who's a king, and he was captured by the Goyim, and yet he's standing in his full righteousness. And Yosef's children, Menashe and Ephraim, that are born in Mitzrayim, in this lowliest place of earth, are also deserving of bracha. And to such an extent, the Yidin are, ben, are blessing themselves throughout all future generations. Yisimcha alikim ke Ephraim Menashe. That we should be like Ephraim and Menashe. This reveals the true, absolute chayas of Yaakov. That really, even all the previous years, even though, on, even though Bechitzoinis, they were filled with Yisurim and Agmas Nefesh. So we say, how can you compare them? They were bad years and so on. But Bepinimius, all of those years of Ayechi Yaakov, they were really true spiritual life. And that's why we could say that the 17 years of Mitzrayim are coming to prove and to show how cool on Shavin Latoivar, all of Yaakov's years were really equal in their good, in the sense of their commitment, connection to Hashem. Says the Rebbe, now we can understand why the Sedra is called by Vayechi. Even though what's being discussed is the things associated with Yaakov's passing, and also the things that how Yaakov passes away in the time afterwards. The Gemara tells us that Yaakov Avinu Loimes, Yaakov Avinu didn't pass away. Mazare Bachaim, just like his children are alive, so too he is alive. And that's why, in fact, we don't find the word Misa, death by Yaakov Avinu. Which what the meaning of all of this is that the real life of Yaakov specifically consists of the fact that his children are alive. In other words, in order to have the real Chaim, the real life, as we said before, that's something that's going to last forever and ever. Kvayochel, just like by Hashem, who's the source of life to which Yidin are connected. This is why, when is this really truly seen? The real life of Yaakov is specifically going to be seen when we see it acting in a way of eternity. In other words, even after his neshama departs his body. That means not only is the chayus and veikus remaining, the nitzchis is remaining in his neshama, but that it's continuing even in this world, the true chayas of Yaakov through his children, that they too are living the real life of Yaakov Avinu. Says the Rebbe, now it's even more geshmak, the reason why the sedra is called Vayechi. It's not only emphasizing that Yaakov is still possible to be alive even after the time that we refer to as the passing of Yaakov, but rather specifically them, after Yaakov passes away, that's where we really see the eternity of Yaakov's life, the real Vayechi Yaakov. The Rebbe said, we discussed earlier, that the fact that the parsha is closed, that there's no space between the psukim, is connected, as we said, not to the words Vayechi Yaakov directly, but rather to the whole sedra, which is really speaking about the passing of Yaakov, and the things associated with this. And we said that this is why Rashi leaves out the third reason that Yaakov Avinu personally doesn't have any tsaris, and rather he only brings the two reasons, first of all that the enslavement started, and secondly that Yaakov wanted to reveal the cates and it was blocked from him. And that these are things that are directly connected with Yaakov's passing. 
Says the Rebbe, now this is all going to fit even more, I'll be Pnimi with the idea that the center of the passing of Yaakov is called Vayechi. Why? Because specifically through these two Pirushim is going to be highlighted and emphasized that the real Chaim, the real life is continuing specifically in his children and through his children that they are living a revealed life of connection to Hashem through Torah and mitzvahs. That is, the fact that Yidin are learning Torah and doing mitzvahs in a time when there's no enslavement, when there's no galus, that's not a big chiddush. That's not a, 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 that's not a novelty. Furthermore, even with Yidin are keeping Torah and mitzvahs being in galus, but it's in a situation where they feel begili, they know about the kates, they can feel the gula. In other words, they can understand the concept of being out of Golos, being redeemed from Golos. So even that's not showing the shleim was the proper vayechi of what Yidin's real life is all about. However, when you do have the enslavement of the Yidin and the tsaris of the Yidin, and to such an extent that with our human logic we don't even see the gula, we don't even see how we can be redeemed, that the cage is so to speak closed off. And yet we believe that the Gula is coming and we're awaiting the Gula every single day. And within the suffering and the stresses of Golos, we're learning Torah and we're fulfilling mitzvahs. This is where it's openly revealed that the Torah and mitzvahs are the true, true life of Eid. And therefore it's also understood that it's specifically through this that that expresses the real chayas of Yaakov himself, as we said, that when Zari Bachayim, then it's Hu Bachayim, and that's why it's Vayechi Yaakov. Says the Rebbe now will understand even more why Rashi only brings those two reasons and not the reason that Yaakov's own personal tzara stopped. Because when Yidin are fulfilling Torah and Mitzvahs in a case where there is no tzara, as said before, that wouldn't be the proof yet that the life is really going on without any changes. The real Vayechi is revealed when the Avoid is during the tzaras of the enslavement and when we don't see the Kates. And then, when the Vayechi of Torah and Mitzvahs is accomplished even at the time of Golos, even in the time of enslavement, that's when it's revealed the real Kavan of Pnimis, of what the purpose of the Golos was all about, what the purpose of all those Tzaras is all about, that through this we come to the Giluyim of the Geula Betachlis Ashleimus. Says the Rebbe, now we'll also understand the Pnimis, the reason why the Kates was hidden from Yaakov. Because if the Kates would be revealed, then it would be lacking in this in, in the gullus, in a certain sense, wouldn't have been as strong as a gullus, because we know the, the kates, and therefore the, the geula itself that comes as a result of this kind of gullus also wouldn't have been in the most perfect way. And the Rebbe says, now we can also understand why Rashi says that Yaakov even wanted to reveal the kates, and it was hidden from him. Seemingly, Rashi is coming to explain why this parsha is sosum, why it's closed off. Wouldn't have it just been enough to say that the kates was hidden from Yaakov? Why is it relevant to say that he wanted to reveal it to his children? Says the Rebbe, what's hinted over here is that Adrab, through the caves being hidden from him, this is how it's able to be fulfilled, the ultimate request that Yaakov wanted to reveal the caves. That means the fact that the caves was, was, was hidden is not a purpose for itself, not concealment for the sake of concealment. The whole purpose is that eventually we should come to reveal the caves. And this is what it means, Bikish Lagalitz, like Hetzlevanov, he wanted to reveal the caves to his children and it was hidden. In other words, when Yaakov wanted to draw down and reveal the cates to his children, that was all in order that his children should have it b'shleimus. But how does that happen? In order that his children should have it b'shleimus, he wanted to be at Megala, but in order that it should be b'shleimus, it was hidden from him. But that then prepares them that they should be able to reveal that which Yaakov Avinu wanted to reveal, which is of course the giluyim of the Geulah HaAsidah.